I had a, a couple of weeks ago, I had one of y'all come up to me and say, you know what I'd really like to hear is a sermon about how to pray. And I said, well, that's such a, that's a great idea, actually, because usually in the summers, when it's not like a transition summer, I use that time because I feel like if you're here during the summer, you're probably here the rest of the year, too. Like, summer people, way to go, you know? So we're going to, we'd go a little deeper in the summer. We'd study a book of the Bible, or we'd study um, something like a, a larger topic that I could go a little bit more in depth in. And so the idea of doing a sermon or a couple on prayer was appealing when this woman said that. And I said, okay, you got it. And so if you just know, if you ever come up and say, hey, maybe you should do so-and-so, well, maybe I just will. I get a lot of good ideas from y'all. Or maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't want to, y'all be like, I told Pastor Laura to preach on clowns and she didn't do it. Okay, so we're going to be in Matthew 7. This is one of my favorite chapters. Matthew 7 is so rich. Matthew 7, verse 9. I always invite you all to bring your Bibles. If you don't have one, I'm going to read it to you anyway. But if you do, get them out and turn to Matthew 7, verse 9. There might be some under the seats too. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I think the most important thing I could begin with in talking about prayer begins before you even bow your head, before you close your eyes, before you say a single word, and that is how you approach God. Because before you begin to pray, all of us have an idea of who it is we're talking to. The problem is, a lot of times we're not talking to the person Jesus said we'd be talking to. A lot of times we're talking to a stern principal or an angry judge. Or we're talking to someone who we think isn't even really listening to us. We have this idea of God that may or may not be right. And depending on who we think God is, if I think God is that judge, then the way I pray will be to talk to the judge about why I'm really wrong and I'm really sorry. If I think that God isn't really listening, doesn't really care, then the way I'm going to talk to God might be I don't. Because what does it matter? Um, If I think, you know, God has been keeping a record of my wrongs, then all I'm going to talk to God about is all the things I've done wrong. But Jesus talks about food, about feeding people, and he talks about being a parent. And long before I was a parent of actual children, I was a parent of pets. Did any of y'all do that? Like, try it out on the pets, right? Can I take care of two cats? And that's what we did. We had two practice cats, right? We adopted them. They were stray cats. They came up to us. We were newlyweds. And this little pregnant stray, it's always a pregnant stray, y'all, came up to us. And it was we weren't supposed to have pets in seminary in this housing, but we were like, well, it's a cat. And we knew the landlord, so we were like, um, we're going to do this. And she was like, I just don't know about it. I'm like, okay. So we had our secret cat who had secret kittens, and we got home. We got home. So they would run across our apartment floor. We lived in a small apartment. And the neighbors downstairs, I don't know how kittens make this much noise because they're little, but the, it sounded like tiny galloping horses. And the neighbors were like, are the kittens playing with like a ball or something? We're like, oh, they're really loud. We're really sorry. But then they had a baby later, and so it all evened out for all of us. 
So we got homes for four of the kittens, and we kept one. And so we had Emma, who was the original stray. Emma got the name that Anna might have gotten were it not to have gone to a cat. I don't believe in naming people after pets, although I may tell you someday I am actually named after a pet of my mother's, so that's why I don't believe in it. So Anna was named Anna instead of Emma, and then we also had Bandit. Well, there was no danger of Leah getting called Bandit, so anyway. Emma and Bandit... They've been our cats for years, almost 10 years now. And um, when I watched them eat, one day as I was watching them eat, I was thinking about this scripture. Let me tell you why. Bandy, the little cat that was the kitten, has always been our cat. And so when she is hungry, she will meow to us. We will get a scoop of food and we will feed her. It's pretty straightforward. She eats. She doesn't always eat it all, but she's satisfied and she comes away and maybe we'll pet her and, you know, it's great. Emma was a stray. We think maybe a stray for about a year before we had her. Emma is no longer a stray. If you saw her today, you might think she was pregnant today, okay? (laughs) She's not a stray anymore. But there is something about her that has never let that go. And so... Unlike Bandy, who has known us as her parents, her owners, Emma knows the hardships of life. And so every morning, y'all, I was up at 6 a.m. this morning. I've had this cat for 10 years. When she saw me get up, she started throwing herself at the door. Just absolutely, and that's kind of frightening because she's kind of big. And pounding on it with her paws up and down fast, 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 and going meow, meow, meow to where you're like, oh, you're going to wake up the kids, you know? I mean, it's so loud. I'm like, I'm trying to do a quiet time, cat, you know? I will feed you. Well, as soon as we go get a scoop for the bowl, Bandy's waiting there patiently, and Emma's like, (laughs) and you you put the food in the bowl, and she will knock your hand away. If you're not careful, because she's trying to get at the food. So the food sometimes scatters all over. And as soon as she hears that first in the bowl, she's at it. She's wolfing it down. She barely breathes. She inhales it. She she licks her bowl, y'all. She is not starving. We feed her every day. She licks her bowl. The vet has said she needs to be on a diet. So I try to pick up the bowls after they're done. But Bandy always leaves a little bit. And Emma knows. So sometimes she'll do like a bowl drive-by like. <laughs> sometimes she'll like reach out a paw and grab it. and It's crazy. And I was watching them eat. And I thought, Bandit eats like she's loved. Like she knows that at the next meal she will be fed. And the meal after that, she will be fed. She trusts me. She knows that one day she's not going to knock at the door and I'm going to be gone, right? Emma eats like this could be it. Like any moment I might kick her out. Like someday she might come to the door and we've left without her. And I wonder, y'all, when we go to God in prayer, as I was watching them one day, am I more like bandit who trusts that she's loved? Or Emma, who is afraid that she is not. And it makes a difference. And Jesus knew it makes a difference. So he tells the people this story. He says, hey, you know, if your child asks you for lunch, are you going to hide a snake in there? If they knock at the door one day, are you going to have left without them? No. And your love is just a shadow of the love God has for you. So don't worry that God's going to desert you 
or pull the food away. Come to God expecting him to answer. Not just answer like, oh, you again, but to love you, to love you when you do it. So the very most important thing I could tell you about prayer is think of my cats. How do you come? Do you come like a stray cat or do you come like a cat that has an owner? How do you approach God? Approach God with love. So once you're there, your head is bowed. And you know, you don't even have to bow your head to pray. Did y'all know that? I have said prayers for people. Sometimes you're on the phone, you get a call. And I'm like, okay, let's pray. You're driving, I'm driving. Don't close your eyes, you know? (laughs) And we pray on the highway. I pray by the pool. You can pray anywhere. You really can. You don't have to. Nobody has to know you're doing it. Whoa, it's crazy the way you can pray. But when you do pray, now think about it. When these kids were up here talking to me, when my kids asked me, like they said, hey, can I eat the M&Ms? Did Anna say, oh, most glorious and blessed mother, who has provided for me from the bounty of thy gracious goodness, might I have a small meager portion of this joyous candy? Did Did she say that to me? Why do we do that with God? Why do we do that? Why do we use different words than what we normally would use in the office or or with our kids? Why why do we think, oh, it's God, so I better better brush up on my King James English? You know, that was their normal language, y'all. When the King James Version of the Bible was written hundreds of years ago, that was was amazing because it was in the language of the people. Speak your language. Use your real words. I've had people say, I don't know how to pray. Just start. Just start talking to God. Because if God cares about us and loves us, he doesn't want the words. He wants us talking to him. Our hearts. So don't worry about the words. The second thing is the heart. A lot of us think, well, I'm going to talk to God about the approved things. But the stuff on the list of emotions I should not be feeling, I'm not going to talk about. And I know this because I was talking to a young lady in San Angelo. She was having a hard time forgiving somebody. And we were talking about it after worship. And I said, have you prayed about it? She was a new Christian. And she said, well, no, because I really don't want God to know about this. (laughs) Now, y'all laugh, but we do that, don't we? We do that too. We think, well, if I don't talk to God about this, maybe it won't be there, right? So all the emotions that we think, I shouldn't really be feeling this. Um, Maybe we're angry. Maybe we're angry at God. And we know, oh, we shouldn't be angry with God. So we just don't say anything to God. I think God wants to hear that. I think when we have doubts, we're Christians, right? We shouldn't have doubts. That's crazy. Of course we'll have doubts. When we have doubts, we should talk to God. When we're afraid, and I know it says in the Bible, don't be afraid. Well, the only way to stop being afraid is to have God on your side to help you not be afraid. So we'll take off the masks. We'll show God our heart. He knows it anyway. So be real in your words. Be real in your emotions. And then let me tell you one more story. Well, let me get there in a minute. Expect real provision, real provision. Um, We just moved here, right, six weeks ago. And we lived in a big urban area, a couple of them. I mean, they weren't that big. We were in New Braunfels and San Angelo, but big enough that it's well lit at night, big enough that our neighbors in New Braunfels, that bless this woman's heart in back of us, was just terrified that the terrorists were about to, like, 
converge on her house. And so she had this giant floodlight lighting up the backyard and our bedroom. And so we had to get like blackout curtains to shut. I mean, we kind of were like, what's with the floodlight? And she said, oh, the terrorists and blah, blah, blah. I mean, not really, but it was about that. And so we knew that that wasn't going to be turned. Could you flip it off? No. Okay. So we blacked out our windows. And, you know, if you left even a little crack, it was like the sun. So we get out here. Oh, dark nights. I mean, we were out this weekend looking at the Milky Way. Y'all, you can't see that in town, the Milky Way. You can see it out here. So Kevin and I are in heaven. We can look up at the stars. We can get the telescope out. When we go to sleep, we don't need the blackout curtains. We love it. The first night we got here, though, Anna and Leah felt differently about that. Not Anna as much as Leah, right? Leah is four years old. And the first night she got here and saw how dark it was, she was terrified. Terrified. Now, y'all, does she have any reason to be terrified? No, right? So when she said, Mommy and Daddy, I'm scared of this dark, do we say, that is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard? Get over it. We'll see you in the morning. Did we do that? When she expressed that need to us? No. Kevin went and dug through boxes and found the little lights that you put. We put a light in the hallway. We put a light in the bathroom. And that way she could get where she needed to go. And the next day... Without checking or anything, top on his priority list, he went out and got two little flashlights. And he put the girls' names on them. And he gave them to my kids, to our kids, and he said, Here, here is a flashlight. If you are scared in the middle of the night, you can turn it on and see around you. And he said, If you're still scared, then you can use your flashlight. You can come and find us. Come wake us up. This is where we are. We'll We'll come help you. Every night, Leah goes to sleep with Bubba in one hand and her little flashlight in the other. Y'all, when we ask God for help, won't he provide? I mean, that's what Jesus says. If you parents know how to do this, how much more will God know how to do this? Now, what Jesus is not saying, I don't see him saying, you parents, if your children ask to be the next American idol, who will not do that for them, right? Or you parents, if your children ask you to bag a trophy buck, who will not provide the trophy buck for them or go to Australia on a vacation? Jesus is not talking about kind of that health and wealth Christianity that we hear about, where we hear people... Christian people saying, you know, if you sign on with God, then it's going to be easy street. I mean, you're never going to get sick. You're going to have a better car and a better house and a better relationship with everybody. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about bread and fish, lunch and dinner. The basics of what children need to grow strong. The basics. Y'all, when we ask God for the bread and fish of our souls, he will give it to us. When we ask God for bread and fish in a relationship with someone we love, will he not answer us? When we are working and we say, Lord, please give me the bread and the fish to provide for my family, will he not answer? He will answer. Yes, he will answer. (laughs) Just like we answer our kids when they call. So 
If I could say one thing about prayer, it would be to remember my cats, to remember Emma and Bandit, and to think about how we approach God. Do we approach God like strays, afraid that he's going to yank the bowl away? Or do we approach him as Jesus told us to, like children who are loved? And then can we be real? Can we use our real words, say what's really on our hearts, and trust enough that he will give us the bread and the fish that we need? Let's pray. God, you know that all of us kind of stumble about when we're talking to you. and But at the same time, we want to know you more. We really do want that. We want that loving relationship that Jesus showed us was possible and that is so appealing with you. So increase our trust, Lord. Increase um, our sense of being loved by you so that we can come to you and enter into that beautiful relationship of um, just this journey of life that we open up through our prayer life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.